And welcome to The Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management, a uh, show about the incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, natural, fancy-colored diamonds, and what they can do to boost the value of your portfolio. Indeed, one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshow.com. You can also go to guildhallwealth.com. And I want to mention this right off the top, because uh, not only about diamonds, but also about precious metals, there is a, a seminar coming up. If you want to book this, it is the Natural Fancy-Colored Diamond Seminar. It includes some, uh, some information on precious metals, November 8th, uh, Coming up here, the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Convention Center, 6750 Mississauga Road in Mississauga. You want to make sure you go to the website and book your seats now. Post haste. Do it. Don't wait. Hi, guys. Really important to call in or go onto the website. Um, This is going to be a very, very full seminar and seats are going to be limited. Going to be snatched up. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, um, I love the opportunity that people have been getting right now to be able to purchase bullion below $20 on silver and uh, to mm-hmm. be able to buy gold in, in the, the low 1200 Of course, the exchange rate isn't really helping. So, uh, you know, in actual fact, you're buying silver above $20 an ounce in Canadian. Still. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking, I'm looking at the stock markets this week, and they're obviously fragile. But anyone looking at the stock market in the last few years has this nagging question of can this keep going on forever and certainly the powers that be with the central bank planning would love it to keep going up and would love the u.s dollar to maintain a strong value forever it would just make their jobs so much easier (laughs) but when you're looking at the stock market you kind of think to yourself well there is a, a natural progression to markets where you have the good times followed by some bad times where you have to, mm-hmm. you know, pull up your boots and 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 and, and take care a little bit and, and that there's got to be some sort of correction along the way. Well, what if that never happened? Well, could the stock market just keep going up forever? How long before, how long does the U.S. dollar keep going up and the stock market keep going up before everyone who has a rational mind say says to themselves, well, this is just impossible, isn't it? There's no way the emperor could actually be wearing clothes at this point. The history of fiat currencies says that can't happen. The history of right? fiat currencies say that can't happen. Um, Ayn Rand has an amazing quote. I love it. You can avoid reality, but you can't avoid the consequences of avoiding reality. <laughs> That's brilliant. And anyone who looks at the stock market or who looks at the U.S. dollar has got to be saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We hear it every single day. Every single person who buys an ounce of silver says those exact words. I don't understand how the U.S. dollar can be going up. I get up every single morning. I look at the markets. I'm up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning you know, watching the European markets. And I can't believe how the stock market was going up every day and gold and silver was going absolutely nowhere. Um, I look uh, at what's happening out there in the world. Um, we've repeated on this show in the last couple of shows about that nobody mentioned anything about Greece. All of a sudden, this week, we've got a mention about Greece and how, you know, there's no way that they can meet their debts. They're going to have to default. They're going to have to, you know, put up uh, something up for sale because they just can't meet their obligations. Their um, 10-year note is going through the roof. Nobody wants to buy their paper. They know it's worthless. So, you know, Greece is the first one. Then you start getting in back into Portugal. Then you start getting into Italy and France. And we're talking about the EU. 
It's not very strong. Uh, Germany is not doing as well as they, they expected. But again, they have the printing machine in Europe. The US has the printing machine. They are the strongest currency out now. They're the best house on the worst street because they are still allowed to print money. But sooner or later, you know, the piper has to be paid. They're putting unbelievable pressure on Russia um, because of this Ukraine uh, problem. Now, Russia exports natural gas uh, and oil, and they've taken basically oil down from $100 down to $80. Um, even at the OPEC uh, nations are, you know, basically complaining because it's almost costing that to bring it out of the ground. Mm. But they're trying to kill off Russia financially. And they, you know, they're trying to push it down with verbiage. And as I'm looking at the markets today, oil's up $3. I still think oil's going to go to $150. We haven't hit winter yet. Once it starts right. getting cold, you know, people start they're not walking around. They're getting in their car. They're driving. Um, it's going to push the price of oil up. This brings the price of gold and silver up with it. We're looking at the stock market. We're recording this show on Thursday. Yesterday, the stock market had a fell off 170 points, but it fell down the Dow as much as 460 points. Oh. That's a lot of profit to fall off the table. And the day before that, it went off. Uh, today, as we're recording this show, you know, there's been a swing of 100-odd points already. It's up maybe five points the Dow. Gold and silver seems to be just treading water. And it doesn't make sense. Gold is trading basically at $1,240 US. Silver's in the 1740 1750 range. I'm expecting silver to break out for the simple reason the US dollar, as Jeremy says, cannot sustain, keep moving up. The, all the other currencies, whether it's the euro, whether it's the pound, whether it's the yen, they are all juggling for position. They're all jockeying for position. They want those exports. They have to bring the current, that currency back into the country. It's a great, great time to buy physical gold and silver. I've been buying gold and silver myself. I put my money where my mouth is. I have skin in the game. I've been in this business a long time. I read these markets. I study these markets. And I think this is an unbelievable opportunity to get into the market and make money in gold and silver. There's several ways you can do this at Guildhall. You can buy physical product, gold, silver, platinum, palladium, take it home for immediate delivery. We have an e-commerce site which makes it unbelievably easy to go to our website guildhallwealth.com right hand corner is e-commerce you click on you fill out a tiny little application and you can buy gold silver online straight away we also have a depository which makes it a great way to store product where you take your product where it's safe secure it's allocated it's segregated we even give you the bar numbers it's the safest way to keep your bullion and especially you know it's not safe to keep at home gold and silver whether you're keeping it in the basement whether you're keeping it under your bed it's a not a smart way to do it you know silver weighs is quite heavy a thousand ounces of silver weighs 70 pound you're going to buy five thousand ounces of silver one of these days you're going to want to sell it all you have to do at Guildhall is pick up that telephone make a call say I want to sell XYZ these are the number of the bars I want to sell if you've got the bar numbers those are the bar numbers we're going to sell for you it's really really easy One eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com Jeremy yeah I think you know eventually the piper does have to be paid 
I think when that time comes, I think there'll be a big mistrust of government. I think when that time comes, governments are going to do their best to try to get the funds that they need to keep their their uh, their government running, which have also become bigger and bigger all the time. And that's going to come after people and what, what come after us. And what's great about gold and silver is there is no counterparty risk. You hold that store of value outside the banking system where no one can touch it. I know as a as a bullion holder, there will come a time where silver and gold will be of a certain value where you can get a good purchasing power for it. So, of course, you're going to sell some. Um, now is not the time, of course. Now is the time to keep accumulating if you can. Yeah. If you've been purchasing, you know you've got a great price. If you've been waiting, this is a good entry point, obviously. Um, but there will come a point where you're going to want to sell some because of the purchasing power. But other than that... As a hard asset, it just adds to your net worth. It's not something you're necessarily looking to sell. It would be the last thing you're looking to sell, especially you know just as a hard asset. And we'll get into that when we we talk about colored diamonds in a little bit. But I want to talk a little bit in in terms of a review. Mm-hmm. Where have we been in the last uh, thirteen, fourteen years? And uh, there was an article put out by Gary Christensen, um, and we were just looking at this before the before we started uh, the show. Just looking at, at how the debt has has boomed since two thousand and one, you've you've seen the the debt go from under six trillion to over seventeen trillion. That's in the U.S. In the U.S. Um, in in just over a decade, that is massive. Twelve trillion dollars. Can't even imagine physically what that would look like. Trillion dollars. Yeah, and and, and what I always look at That's is a lot is, of skids of money. Yeah, man. You know, Paul, you were talking about about paper. You know, the, the government of the U.S. can can create a whole lot of paper. All of that is going into banks like J.P. Morgan, and we put a chart in our Precious Metal Advisor newsletter about that, and it just shows that all of these deposits are moving into these big banks. The big banks don't need to loan any money. They're 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 getting they're all flush. The, yeah, they're flush, <laughs> so they don't have to take any risk. Just yeah. take the money coming in from from the Fed, and think of what you can do with that money at the same time, right? Oh, sure, let's push the dollar up. Why not, right? But nobody's actually buying U.S. Treasuries, so again, it, it's a little mm. bit of a hmm moment. But yeah, U.S. U.S. debt trading at, at over seventeen trillion. You know, in in nineteen eighty, when gold hit eight hundred and fifty dollars an ounce, which was its peak in nineteen eighty, when you could buy a house in Toronto for less than two hundred ounces of gold. Wow. Okay. Uh, anyone listening to this show who owns a house in Toronto, I I beseech them to say how much is my house worth and divide it by the price of gold. I I bet you a donut you cannot buy it for less than two hundred ounces. This is where it should be when it peaks. Okay. Okay. Right now, it is absolutely not that. If you're going to take the 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 eight hundred and fifty dollar gold versus seventeen trillion, okay, mm-hmm. you're going to have to take eight hundred and fifty times seventeen. Okay. So let me just uh, pull out my trusty calculator here because I'm a little slow in my math. Paul's probably quicker, but eight hundred and fifty times seventeen that's fourteen thousand four hundred and fifty dollars an ounce. Okay. <laughs> now that's high. <laughs> now the last time gold hit hit a high where it was worth its purchasing power, it was one-to-one with the Dow. Where's the Dow right now? Trading around 16000 So either the Dow's got a long way to go right. down, they've got to pull the debts back down, or money is going to have to go somewhere. And sil- silver and gold are physical stores of value. They've been that for 5,000 years. So it makes sense that people are looking for a safe place to store value. 
if you've made money in the stock market and you're thinking now's the time to take the profit, where are you going to put it where it's safe? You've got to put it into undervalued resources. And uh, when we get back from the break, we're also going to talk about the mining industry as well, because how can they keep going on with the prices falling and falling? I mean, you know, if you had a an orange juice uh, stand, how how long could you afford to keep selling orange juice while the price of oranges keeps dropping? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is it the type of thing, Paul, like a diamond where you, you'd buy your, your physical metal and just hang on to it, say, for, uh, until well, your kids you are know, in university, even I've longer? Been, I've been in this business since uh, you know, 2002. When we first got into the business, silver was trading at $3.80 an ounce. Wow. Gold was trading at $250. Um, in May of 2011, silver hit a high of $49 and gold hit a high of $1,930. We've... In three and a half years, we've gone down. I mean, but the stock market has gone up because they came out with quantitative easing, which is basically is we're lending you money to the banks at nothing. Clear up your balance sheets. You've got a lot of garbage on your, on your balance sheets. I just got back from Las Vegas. And property values in Las Vegas, for example, I talk to people. They haven't gone up. They're still, you know, the big corporations bought a lot of these houses up and are renting them out. Right. But they just haven't got up. And I was talking to to somebody that lives there, and the banks still own a lot of these houses at book price, not the reduced price. It's on the books. They didn't foreclose on a lot of properties. Now, do you know how many banks are out there are still holding this crap, and they're waiting for the price of real estate to go up? Because that's the only way that they can you know, clear a lot of their debt is leaving it, waiting for it to go up. When we get back to the next segment, I want to talk about gold and silver, how it's been a true, true hard asset. And through, you know, the last 13 years, it's still shown a a 400 percent increase on gold and a 400 percent increase on silver. So it's still better than any returns out there, better than the stock market. Gold can't go down to zero. It costs too much to bring out of the ground, and we're going to talk about that as well. We'll take that short break. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. Indeed, with more of the real money show, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to the real money show.com. Start investing because, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy, there is countries around the world and uh, continents that actually get this, and they've been at it for some time. That is buying, where we're kind of laying back, not doing a thing. That's right. We've, we've known, we've said this countless times, the, our listeners. Thanks for sticking with us with this, but we've been saying it over and over again. Central banks have been net buyers of gold since 2008 and uh, the initial crisis. And a great uh, article came out on the SRS Roco report just showing that since 2008, when when central banks and countries started purchasing uh, gold, in 2013, their numbers are up significantly, and you can contact Guildhall Wealth. We'll, we'll get mm-hmm. you this article. But one, we're, the biggest countries are, well, combination of countries being Europe, and then you've got India and China. These are the three biggest um, people buying, buying gold. Physical product, yeah. Physical product. Mm-hmm. U.S. is down near the bottom. Now, that's a sentiment thing. North America, gold and silver are hated. They, people are buying the it's a relic or whatever the whatever the, the the weak argument is against gold. People are usually pretty quick to take it, which mm-hmm. is why it's still such a great buy at this point. People who are savvy are going to continue to to purchase it at this point. So 
we know that the sentiment is really something that is North American centric and that you have to be a little bit wiser to look beyond the the headlines and understand why you want to own a hard asset that's been around for 5,000 years that is a store of wealth. And, you know, if you look at these other places in the world that are buying it, they understand that. They've been through currency failures, et cetera, et cetera. The easiest way to purchase physical metal is to buy the actual physical metal, store it somewhere where it's safe, it's secure, it's no counterparty risk that you can have access to that. Um, that's exactly what we offer at Guildhall in our depository. We offer the ability to come and actually audit your product to touch and feel it and hug it if you need. Um, if you're not available to do that in, in Toronto at our depository, we can also send a video audit for those um, that aren't actually located in Toronto. And for those opening an account from here until January 1st, mm-hmm. we're offering zero for storage. Now, our, our rates are actually already really good for storage. Insurance, storage, it's audited. Um, all the product is audited. But until January 1st, you can purchase your product, open an account, and you will not pay a storage fee until January 1st. Or any other opening fee charges is completely free till. Uh, January 2015. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Jeremy, people have got to see this graph that you're talking about because, um, I mean, if you just look at the tonnage on the left side of the scale, it's like, it's like a, what are they, giving it away in China? It's like a two-for-one sale. They've really got on top of this thing. It's like it's almost, I would say it's six times the purchasing what it was in 2008. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more than that myself. And and we've t- again, we also showed in in different um, newsletters that we put out that the that the Shanghai Exchange has just been losing physical product left, right, and center for the last year. That they're down o- over ninety percent on their stockpiles of, you of mean physical bullion. It, they're selling it. Selling it, right? Well, someone's someone's obtaining it, and oh, someone in Asia is obtaining it. it. Right. So the stockpiles have been going down, and you know. We're talking about using your rational thought here and preparing. Um, markets are irrational in the short term and quite rational in the long term. We've talked about the fact that you can't keep mining silver at sub $20 US an ounce while there's a deficit in how much comes out of the ground and how much is used every year. Approximately half a billion ounces are mined every year. We need more than that to fulfill the industry usages. So we go to the stockpiles or we go to some recycling. But every year that's a deficit, no, no doubt about it. How long in, an, in, an, in the last decade where prices on everything have gone up, everything? I mean, gas prices are down. It's still up from where it was a few years back. Uh, food prices are higher. Um, making the packaging smaller doesn't change that fact that food prices are higher. Oh, Energy time. prices are higher. Um, you know, you go to the movies, it's more expensive. You go Utilities, out for dinner, it's more, more expensive. expensive. You yeah. know, every insurance is more. I'll stop. The point is, is <laughs> really? that mining <laughs> mining operations are are they're not absolved from these costs. Their costs go up too. So at what point? Do they ha- have to stop mining their product because the prices have dropped too low? Um, we've got a, a, a headline right here that silver miners suspend sale, 35% of production due to low prices. So what do we have? There's a natural supply demand going on in the market. You can obscure that for only so long. You can obscure it until the fact is, is that the mining companies are going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not mining any more product. 
we can't make any money at this. So until the prices go back to somewhere natural, we're just going to stay pat. And when that happens, when the price gets to a natural point, we're still not going to mine it because it's going to take a while. So the price is going to keep going up and up and up until the stockpiles can get replenished. And how long is that going to take? So this is an amazing opportunity mm. to look at the lower prices of physical bullion, knowing that it's a hard asset, it's a store of value, it has been for thousands of years. Fiat currencies have not lasted thousands of years. The longest standing fiat currencies that ever existed were in Europe. And they all left when the euro came in. And look at the euro today, just more than a decade on. Bang in trouble. So... I think that the more things get difficult and the more things get tenuous, whether it's the stock market or the, the U.S. dollar starts to really show its cracks, people are going to look for a safe haven, something that's a store of value. That's gold and silver. If you still want to get some better arguments because when you talk to your friends and family, you know they say something that catches you and you say, okay, well, maybe you're right. Maybe gold and silver isn't the way to go. Get armed. Find out the case for, for gold and silver. Contact us at Guildhall. Sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. You can get an investor kit. We're here to show you why we think it's such a good thing to have. And we don't think it's just good to have, you know, you don't just buy all gold and silver, a portion of your portfolio. Yep. It's called a hedge. One eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Bye. We're talking about a hedge. I mean, as I said before, we've been in business uh, in precious metals and natural fancy color diamonds since 2002. But let's go back to 2002 when I first started and silver was trading at $3.80. Let's call it $4. Gold was $250 an ounce. What was the exchange rate? 1.62 around about then. Um, one, 150 mm. to 162 is pretty expensive yeah. on the dollar. We're getting creeping up that way slowly. Uh, this morning we're at like 1.13. But let's... You know, take an investment. If you would have took 10 years ago, in 2004, um, $10,000, put it in a coffee can, buried it in the back garden, or took the same amount of money, and silver was trading at $4, uh, and bought, you know, 2,500 ounces of silver, that's the same $10,000, even at today's depressed price of $17.50, your 10,000 would be worth over $40,000. Your $10,000 cash would probably have a buying power of about $7,000 today, give or take. Even if you took that $10,000 and put it in an interesting bearing account, compounded, you may have finished up with about $12,000 and still pay tax on that anyway, on the <laughs> $2,000 profit. But that still shows you that you it's a great, great investment. I spoke about last week about in 1970, um, basically, the end of seven is you could have bought a, you know, gold was trading at $35 an ounce. It went up to $880. But at $35 an ounce in early 1970, you could have bought a single family house in Toronto for about $44,000. It would have took 1,257 ounces of okay. gold at that time at $35 an ounce for you to buy that home. Today, that home's worth about $450,000. That 1,257,000 ounces of gold is worth a million six. A little bit different. You'd have made over a million dollars more than what the property is. But it would have only took you 257 ounces of gold, not 1,257, to buy the home. And that's what Jeremy was talking about previously, mm-hmm. that the value of the gold is holding in there. And we're right now in a depressed price at $1,240. 12, 
I still maintain, you know, you're going to see somewhere down the road gold hitting five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars. It has to because paper currencies will collapse. One eight seven seven eight silver in the real money show dot com. Pretty bold words, Jeremy. Really. Yeah, and and also look at the ratio of gold to silver. I mean, silver's trading for for every ounce of gold, you need seventy ounces of silver. And the same amount of money is going into silver that's going into gold. That means 70 times more silver is being purchased than gold. How long is that sustainable before the price explodes on silver? And let's not forget, there's five times more gold above ground than silver. That's scary. Silver is used in solar power. It's used in tomahawk missiles. <laughs> it's used in bandages, it, all sorts of medical usages. Yep. You know, the, the idea of a silver spoon in your mouth because it absorbs bacteria naturally. You know, silver coins are the cleanest thing out there. Um, all sorts of usages. It's in everything electronic, everything digital. You know, we're in a, we're in a, a, a oh, studio right now. Chock full of silver, right? Chock full of studio. But it's of not silver. recoverable. It's not recyclable. I mean, it's not like right. the old days when they used to say, well, you have film and it's recyclable. You know, there's no recyclable silver except if someone, you know, these companies that say we buy your gold, we buy your silver, and they recycle, you know, yeah, Recycle it at, at, at 10 cents it's, on the dollar or whatever. It's small. It's <laughs> yeah. Mickey Mouse. It's such a small amount of silver that's being recycled. You know, even in third world countries, you're not going to have somebody with pins picking out out of old cell phones Dead the amount of silver. Yeah. It's, it's a dangerous thing to do. Not only that, but, you know, let's compare. 1980, who was involved in the markets at that time? North America, Western Europe. That's it. Three billion people on the planet. Now you've got twice the amount of people. And they're all wise to it. And they're all wise to it. Mm -hmm. And we've already talked about today on the show that India, China, and Europe are all buying gold en masse, all buying physical bullion en masse. So where's the price going? Again, the, the illusion of the U.S. dollar is as much an illusion being strong as, as the illusion of gold and silver being weak. And if, you, if you're logical about what's going on and you just look at some numbers, right, then you'll see the opportunity. If not, hey, you know what? Not opportunity knocks. Some people take it. Some people don't. This isn't for everybody. Not everyone's going to invest in gold and silver. But we see from the microcosms of our desk that people are buying. People are getting wise to it. They want to own physical bullion. They like the fact that they can go onto the e-store and just log on, book their price, come pick up their bullion, you know, pay for it either on site or, you know, send the funds and it make it, we make it really, really easy for those. Sorry. Just one last thing for those who are looking to store more than a thousand ounces who are looking to store 5,000, 10,000 ounces. You really want to consider the security of a depository that's outside the banking system. The thing I'm just looking at, I'm just reading some headlines, you know, gold steady support by global slowdown is a concern. You know, then you see gold safe haven. There's only a certain amount of places you can put your money. You put your money in the stock market, you can put your money in the bank, you can put your money in real estate. You know, something goes up, something has to go down. Gold and silver has gone down, they've forced it down because the theory is you don't get any interest, you don't get any dividends from gold or silver. But you do get that safety effect. For thousands of years, it's been wealth that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. You know, when ships go down, I mean, I'm just reading about a ship off the of a South Carolina and they're still finding gold and silver, but the galleons, the Spanish galleons that went down. The good stuff. They're still diving for those gold coins. You know, during World War II, in the Atlantic, that lots of boats went down, ships that were carrying five-pound notes for the army 
Nobody's diving for paper notes. <laughs> yeah, no. How would you feel if you found a whole trunk full of like Canadian $1 bills, you know, $2 bills? You'd be sitting there saying, okay, what am I – there's nothing. It's worthless, right? I mean, yeah. the, the thing is I get a little heated. I get a little excited about gold and silver because I know it's a true asset. You know, you have a $100 bill. You drop it on the floor. It doesn't make a sound. You take a 100-ounce bar of silver. It's $2,000 worth of value. You drop it on the floor. It makes a clang. That just didn't get manufactured with a click of someone's finger. You know, they had to dig and dig and dig. The cost of mining today is getting out of control. Everything has gone up. You know, oil prices, everybody's been saying, oh, oil's going down to $80. It's going to go down to $60. I'm looking today, it's up, you know, it's at $83 US a barrel. It's going to continue to go back up. And when, when, you know, the winter comes... People don't care what they pay. They just want to be warm. They, they just heat. want to get in their car. They don't care. You know, you're being tricked. You know, you drive past a gas station and you see a dollar nineteen, a dollar twenty. Well, that's for regular gasoline. You put, you know, super in or whatever. You're a dollar forty. The government on that is making thirteen cents. That's built into that dollar twenty or a dollar forty or a dollar fifty. The government is the one that's been making all the money on the HST on the price of gasoline. Nobody ever says a word. And when it gets to a dollar fifty, and it will get to a dollar fifty a liter, and it'll go to two dollars a liter, people will start complaining. This is why you have to look at hard assets to protect your capital. Right now, I'm not telling you to buy a hundred percent gold and silver, but buy a little bit. Put 15, 20%. If you've got stocks that are doing terrible, and I'm sure everybody, every listener that's out there has got some real dogs in their portfolio. If you're still waiting for Nortel to come back, it ain't going to happen. You know, so if you've got stocks like that, get rid of them. Put a little bit of money into gold and silver. Sit back. Put it away, put it in the depository, and you will make money. one eight seven seven eight silver and the real money show.com. And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver And the part of the show I love, fellas, we're talking about diamonds. And I want to mention this off the top. Uh, cool event coming up, uh, courtesy of uh, Paul and Guildhall Diamonds. This is having Cardiac Kids Appreciation Night at the races. Going to be happening on the 29th of October, Woodbine Racetrack. It's uh, an opportunity to thank the nursing staff of the cardiology ward at Sick Kids. So give me some details. Yeah, it's, um, it's something that we're, a friend of mine runs... Uh, the charity, and uh, we're happy to participate. And it's actually all the doctors, the nurses, and the uh, patrons that contribute to this cause is a real, real worthy cause. Um, and we're actually uh, putting on the event, and part of the portion of the products that we actually sell and donate are going to to the cardiac kids. And one of the items is a heart shape. A pendant with a diamond, a yellow diamond in the middle, and that's going to be raffled off. And uh, we hope it's going to be successful because we'll put a couple up. Because yep. obviously, the you know this goes to the cardiac kids uh, uh, charity, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And uh, it's something that we hope to continue every year to participate with this charity because it is a wonderful charity. And we've done other charities like Doctors Without Borders and things like that. So you know we try to give back to the community. Sick Kids is such an amazing, amazing organization. Well, as this well, is really. with kids with cardiac problems, oh, yeah. and yeah. Um, you know, so it's kids that are born with. You know, it's hard on the parents and, you know, the parents, you know, come to this uh, event as well. And uh, if you're having a bad day, go to the sick kids and they put you in a good day because it's really uh, uplifting. You want to get on it again, October 29th, Woodbine Racetrack, uh, guildhalldiamonds.com. And you can speak to a representative. More details, 1-866-274-9570. Jeremy, let's get into this. I love diamonds. Sure. Love it. 
Now, before we get into it, John, we also mm-hmm. have a seminar on natural fancy colored diamonds. Yeah, November 8th, right? We do have something on November 8th. We, we've moved out of Markham for this one. We've moved all the way to Mississauga to give this, to give yep. this presentation. And we give um, people who are looking at natural fancy colored diamonds, give them a feel for the rarity of the diamonds, what to look for when purchasing a natural fancy colored diamond, and just give them a good case for why we love diamonds, number one, and why we believe that that it's not just a sophisticated market. It can be for anybody. Again, November 8th is for that one. That's a Saturday, uh, 11 to 1 uh, p.m. It's going to be the Delta Meadowvale Hotel Conference Center, 6750 Mississauga Road. And that is, like you said, in Mr. and Mrs. Saga. Uh, GuildhallDiamonds.com to register. Are you going to have some diamonds there? I know, stupid question, but are you going to have some display? We will have a few. Yes. We will have a few. Um, That's going to seal the deal. And, and, you know, speaking of actually looking at the diamonds... Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people buy jewelry, it's already done, you know. Um, what we really like at Guildhall is when someone chooses the diamond first and then builds, uh, designs a piece around it. Call it wealth to wear. We call that wealth to wear. Mm-hmm. But it is a great way to be involved in the process, fall in love with the diamond first, then find, find figure out a way and create it yourself to really show off that diamond so that you can appreciate it even more. So we do, we, we do help people create uh, their, own, their own pieces. And it does um, add value to the diamond. I mean, it's like buying a home and then deciding, you know, to put a brand-new kitchen or a brand-new bathroom in. That puts the price of the home up. It's the same thing with a diamond. Uh, we are extremely... Uh, excited about um, you know a couple of the diamonds that we've just purchased and um, one of the diamonds that we have right now is a pure green diamond uh, very rare no it's, kidding. Um, it's not a large diamond it's a 0.37 but we don't see natural fancy green diamonds that much this is a vs quality vs2 of course it is. it's a rectangular rectangular it's a brilliant cut diamond um, this is a diamond that will increase in value, probably double in every four to five years. The, the most exciting thing about natural fancy color diamonds are for me, um, I just got back from Las Vegas. Um, and the reason I go to Las Vegas, because I love to go to the jewelry stores, whether it's Tiffany's, whether it's Cartier, whether it's Graf Jewelers. And I go into the stores and they've got Basically, in every major hotel, there's a couple of stores. And I don't go to the same store all the time because I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm actually pretending to buy. But it's amazing what I see and the prices that I see and what's out there. Um, for one, I was looking in Cartier. I was actually in, a, in a, by the Cosmopolitan and the Aria Hotel. There's a section called Crystals. And Cartier, in the window, they've got these most beautiful pink roses showing off pink diamond rings but the thing is with these pink diamond rings they're all light pinks very light you could hardly tell they were a pink now at Guildhall, when we buy pink diamonds for example we buy these pink diamonds as investment diamonds especially argyle pinks that are extremely hard to find extremely rare and we only stock vs quality and up in argyle pinks and normally we only carry point 1819 of a carat upwards. Now, the Argyle mine is closing in 2018. Now, when this Argyle mine closes, it's going to put an unbelievable price on these diamonds. It's like a a famous artist dying. Mm -hmm. There is no more art. There's copies, you know, there's prints, 
but there's no more originals. And this is what's going to happen with the Argyle mine, especially with the type of quality that we purchase. Argyle pinks tend to double every three to four years. Even the tender that they put on every year, they highlight 55 of the year's highest quality stones. And in this year's tender, which closed on October the 7th, there was only four VS diamonds out of 55. Now, in 2012, we purchased three, and we were lucky to get. Last year, we didn't get anything. And this year, we've got a couple of items that we've tendered on, and we hope to be successful with that tender. But this is a great opportunity to go to our website, Guildhall Diamonds, look at the Argyle pinks, look at the yellows as well, look at the vivids, look at the fancies, look at the new green that will be up next week. Which is just about said rectacular. That's an awesome. We're using that for sure. It's a rectangular looking diamond, right? Between number, spectacular and rectangular. That's right. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver on the real money show dot com and guildhalldiamonds.com as well. Yeah, I think if you go to look at the pink section, you'll notice that a lot of the pinks have sold. And right now we are starting to create a wait list for for the pink diamonds because we only go after VS quality pinks of good clarity, uh, obviously good color, and of a certain size. So we're, we're very niche in terms of what we're looking for for those pinks, and our clients understand that. So we, we, we often find a lot of pink diamonds are being sold before they even get up to the website. So it tends to be the diamonds that, that make it to the website are, are going to be $100,000 plus. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for something that's under that price range, uh, I would suggest give us a call at Guildhall and get onto a wait list. Tell us what you're looking for. Tell us what your budget is, and we'll do our best to find that diamond for you. Um, you know, as much as we'd love to put all of the diamonds up on the site, you know, if you can get it before, before do so. Um, people are definitely trying to get as many as they can at this point. Not to take away from, from yellow diamonds on that, but I, I want to change gears a little bit just in the sense that there was an auction earlier in the month at uh, in Hong Kong at Sotheby's for a pink diamond, as we're talking about pinks. And it, it was looking to sell in about the 13, 14 million range, and it wow. ended up selling for over 17. So we do have another record in, in natural fancy color diamonds at auction. One of our, our favorite writers um, and industry analysts out of, out, who writes a lot for GIA, Russell Shore, Russell Shore uh, wrote an article right in January um, of this year, asking the question, are, are colored diamonds going to continue to soar at auction? Obviously, we know that that is the case. Question answered. <laughs> question answered. Um, towards the, the end of the article, they get a quote from Francois Curiel, who's the chairman of Christie's in Asia, and he says, there is an extreme shortage of rare diamonds, jewels, colored stones, and pearls. The same items are fetching many times more than their first time on the auction block. These new prices are bringing more rarities to the market than ever before and promise another exciting year in the, in the jewelry industry worldwide. So we know that, that people are vying for these diamonds. Um, again, just reading another article uh, that was mentioning that, you know, about this diamond that sold for over $17 million, close to $18 million, it's a sophisticated market and nobody spends $2 million two million per carat unless they're a sophisticated person mm-hmm. looking at these. So this is the the Uber wealthy out there looking to acquire these diamonds. They realize that that they are investments. 
and beautiful at the same time. This is why people like Lawrence Graff not only sells a diamond, but then buys it back several years later because he knows that it's still going to continue to move up. When you're looking to buy a colored diamond, not all colored diamonds are created equal. We're still finding that we explain to people the difference between white diamonds and colored diamonds. They're worlds apart, and they're worlds apart in rarity. And even once you move into that rare sphere of colored diamonds, they're not all created equal. As an example, for yellow diamonds, we like to keep the, the carat weight above one carat just to make sure it's investment grade, just to make sure that, that, that when you buy that diamond, you're ensuring that it's investment grade, that down the road it's going to continue to make money. We want to make sure that not all colored diamonds are created equal. You, know, you want to make sure you're in that investment grade area so that you'll see the type of returns that we're talking about in colored diamonds. We're not selling auction-type diamonds. We're looking at, a, at, at trying to get investment-grade diamonds into the hands of the everyday investor so that they can profit from this sophisticated market. Take a short break. I want to talk about the sophistication and difference between you guys, for example, and other guys on the block that are at least trying to do the same thing. one uh, silver is the number in therealmoneyshow.com. And more of The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshow.com. Also check the collection out at guildhalldiamonds.com. You know, Paul, the old expression was, you know, often imitated, never duplicated. And uh, you'll find a lot of that on the streets and in advertising that uh, a lot of sellers, or at least they're trying to be uh, quality sellers of diamonds, are trying to step up their game and try to at least get close to what you do. What's, what's the difference between what the average seller would do and what you guys do? Well, you know, there are a lot of companies out there that do try to emulate us. Uh, I guess um, that it is a compliment to us. But we have certain classifications, certain certifications, and certain criteria that we keep to when we're buying a natural fancy color diamond. Being a collector myself, I understand the market. Um, my daughter, which I'm very proud of, Nicole, um, she is a GIA diamond grading graduate. Um, as well as a jewellery expert, and that's what we also bring to Guildhall. When we choose a diamond, the first thing that we look at is colour. Colour is the most important thing. That the, cut, the diamond has to be evenly saturated. So lots of times the first thing that I look at is colour. The next thing that I'm looking at is the cut of the diamond. Now, the cut of the diamond, uh, whether some diamonds, whether they're rectangular or cushion whether they're pear-shaped, bring out the color and the scintillation in that diamond. It has to be a well-cut diamond. It's like getting, there's a good suit and a bad suit. Me and Jeremy always joke when we were in <laughs> Hong Kong, we've never seen so many bad-looking suits. No, they were, they were perfectly tailored bad suits. Bad suits. All right, let's put it that way. <laughs> but perfectly tailored. Maybe and, the people wearing them aren't but, perfectly tailored. But that's the thing. You, can, you could have a GIA where it looks great on paper. It's perfectly measured. But in real life, it just doesn't have the pizzazz Three dressed that up as a nine, my friend. Three dressed up as a nine. Well, that's right. Martin dressed as lamb. But that's, uh, the, the thing is that when you look at the diamond, I mean, there's extra facets or it's not, well, you know, good, good cut. And, you know, the make of the diamond is most important to me. The next thing I look for is inclusions. Now, when we buy, for example, yellows, we try to buy at the top of the market internally flawless, which means there's no inclusions. We also buy sometimes VVS1 and VS1 and VS2, and the reason that I've bought it is slightly included, but the color overrides the clarity. I see. So I can forgive a small inclusion because I'm getting a magnificent color. 
as Jeremy said, the other thing that we look for is carrot weight. So when you get those four C's, the color, the clarity, the cut, and the carrot weight, and they all combine together, they make a great, great investment diamond. But just like a good jazz pianist, you, you know the rules before you can break them. So when Paul is looking at diamonds, he knows what rules he can break a little bit um, to be able to purchase a diamond. Sometimes the color is that good that you know it's going to take precedence over perhaps internally flawless versus VVS, as an example. So. But when you, when you say color overtakes a slight inclusion, we're not, I mean, we're, you know, people get the wrong idea. The thing looks like a hockey puck with good color. It's not that. It might be very, <laughs> very, very slightly included. It's Correct. still a magnificent investment diamond, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously I travel. I see a lot of, yeah. you know, ladies wearing different stones. I mean, in the States, you know, they love size. You know, size matters in the States. It doesn't matter whether it's a five carat, ten carat. You know, they don't care if it's included. Um, they really don't care. It's all about the flash. Yeah. But as an investment, when you look at what's going on in Sotheby's and Christie's, you will never see an SI1, which means, you know, it's included, slightly included. You can actually see the inclusion with a naked eye. The diamonds that go in are internally flawless, VVS and VS. Those are the three grades that that sell at auction. And that's what we try to find. So when we bring a diamond to our clients, we've seen and we've searched and we've maybe seen 50 diamonds to get three diamonds. I was looking at a website earlier I showed you, you know, that had other diamonds on. I mean, you know, somebody had a gray diamond. A gray diamond is worthless, basically worthless, and yet it was up on somebody's website and somebody's going to buy that for two, three thousand dollars. You know, it's it completely worthless. Ten years only be worth two, three thousand dollars. Probably worth be worth less. It's right. no different to a well, white diamond. Well, again, uh, you know, most people's experience when it comes to diamonds is is through a white diamond. Yep. It's why we see a lot of a lot of couples the second time round buying natural fancy colored diamonds because they know that oh wait a minute I didn't I, I've had a, a white diamond ring for twenty years and. I didn't really make anything on it. It didn't really move up in value. Whereas if you're buying a colored diamond that does have value and it's very rare, it always moves up. And colored diamonds since the 70s when they really started recognizing the market and monitoring the market, they've never dropped in price. It doesn't say that every year they go up 50%. It means that they've never gone down because they're so rare. In certain cases, for example, vivid yellows of certain size are moving up as much as 35% a year. So the, the market is extremely exciting, um, and it's fun to find something that is so unique and so rare. And what Guildhall tries to do is, again, we have that criteria. We stick to that criteria. We make sure that every diamond is investment grade. If you're not sure what investment grade is, then you should definitely come to the seminar and find out what we consider an investment grade so that you can start to, to get rid of and just – Mark off 90% of what you see out there in terms of a colored diamond. The the important thing as well is that we give you the certification when you buy a diamond as well. You get a GIA, which is the Gemology Institute of America. Every diamond that we carry comes with a full cert. That's a full certificate that tells you everything about the diamond. We give you an independent appraisal. The independent appraisal is for insurance purposes. Whether you lose that diamond or the diamond was lost or stolen, the insurance company would likely pay you out that amount of money. Hmm. Um, we're a member of the NCDIA, which is the National Colored Diamond Association in New York. It's a small club um, where we all try our best to bring the best product to our clients. It's a clique. 
and we're happy to belong to that clique because we get the best product. We buy from dealers that are, are you know, cutters and polishers that have got great, great reputation. We don't bring in product that we don't know the suppliers, uh, and we're offered a lot of product all day long, every day. And we deal maybe with five, six people that we've dealt with since we've been in business, and we have a great, great uh, understanding and, and a great reputation with them, and we, that's how we purchase. But if you're looking out there and you're listening to the show, and you can get in and start start off an investment with as low as ten thousand dollars for a one carat yellow, for example. Uh, and in my opinion, in five years' time, that's five to seven years on an, on a fancy that could easily be worth twenty to twenty five thousand wow. dollars. You know, if you go to an intense or you go to a vivid, you're going to get a better return. It's like buying real estate it's location 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 the better quality and we sell only the best but if you buy a larger stone of a high quality of a high color grade you're going to make money in this market so if you're looking to retire you're looking to put your kids through school and you're prepared to you know hold on to a diamond for 10 15 20 years you are going to receive a wonderful wonderful return one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to start investing in the real money show.com you can also go to guildhalldiamonds.com to check out the entire collection who's buying these things jeremy really who's buying we're seeing people buying who appreciate a good return without having to worry about any hassles they understand that they're going to buy it that it's going to be a long-term hold, that they're looking to hold a diamond for at least five years or more, but the results are going to be there at the end. We've already helped clients sell diamonds and and been successful at receiving their profit. In mm-hmm. fact, we've never had anyone who's purchased a diamond who's ever lost money buying a natural fancy-colored diamond. Having been in business since 2002, that says a lot. What we're finding is that people who are getting married for a second time People are buying for their kids, uh, for their kids' education, or they're buying for their grandkids or their nieces and nephews because they're going to give that diamond and they know that, 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 that the, the children aren't going to be able to sell it right away, um, that they're going to learn about the market as well. We're very big on teaching people about the market and helping them understand. You know, one of the things I'm people who are buying, we're starting to see a new trend in seeing people buying them for engagement, it expresses so much more uh, individuality sure. and personality to own a yellow diamond, as an example. And to buy a one-carat fancy yellow for $10,000, put it in a setting that might cost anywhere from 1000 to $1,500, you are getting something that's so spectacular and investment-grade versus spending sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars $17,000 at a regular jewelry store. So why not combine buying a, a, a beautiful... Uh, one carat stone with putting it in a setting. So we can do that. You give us a call. We'll set up an appointment. We'll show you the diamonds and we can discuss all the ways that we go through our process. And if you're looking to sell the diamond down the road, how that process happens. In the meantime, we mm-hmm. also have uh, a means for people looking to invest in just hard assets to okay. buy any any gold and silver. Uh, you can go to guildhallwealth.com. It'll take you to the diamonds or it can take you to our e-commerce site where you can buy physical gold and silver from the comfort of your own home. Love it. 
We'll wrap it for another week, guys. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver on the realmoneyshow.com. I want to remind you that the uh, Natural Fancy Colored Simon, uh, Seminar is going to be happening November 8th. That is the Delta Meadowvale Hotel and Conference Center, Mississauga, 6750 Mississauga Road. Go to guildhalldiamonds.com. And October 29th, it's going to be a Woodbine Racetrack. This is a Cardiac Kids Appreciation Night with Guildhall Diamonds. It's going to be uh, in sponsorship and support of the nursing staff of the cardiology ward at Sick Kids.